We're 4-0 thanks to the special teams, who this pod has consistently said is excellently coordinated by Ross Ells and should be filled with starters. All the starters. Every single starter. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, as always, by the only person who can give Lil Red the creeps, Kevin Greck. Greckers, how you doing, buddy? I'm glad that I've uh, edged out Purdue Pete, I guess. Phrasing? Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the the mythology of the Slenderman grows greater every day. It does. It does. And, of course, the man who put the must in mustache, Alex Plum. I'm not saying. (laughs) Plum, have you given any rides lately? He said it. Oh, I love when he sticks to the copy. It's great. Uh, Alas, no. Alas, no. I was trying to figure out a way to make it say musk in mustache, but Mm -hmm. it just doesn't really really follow. And I'm Ron Burgundy. And you're Ron Uh, Burgundy. Thank you, of course, for listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Uh, before we get into the show, if we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And of course, follow us on Twitter at Spartan underscore pod and on the Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Uh, Greg, can you give people a taste of the outline that you put together this week? Well, I'll, I'll give people a taste of the Instagram. Uh, crunchies cannot get enough. They thirsty for that content. As soon as anything goes up on the gram, Crunchies likes it immediately. I'm sure that's only for us, though. I'm sure that doesn't happen for anyone else. Anyway, uh, do you think it's a bot that controls it? It's absolutely a bot or someone that they like have hired like out of Bangladesh to do it or something like that. But anyway, uh, first up, Greenwall. Lot to talk about this week, you guys. I mean, uh, what was it, Plum, that you said last week about the team? Uh, Going to be humbled. Prophetic, uh, as it turns out. I, uh, listen, your words. Your words. Seven, seven days early on that. But the outcome was never in doubt, never, of course. Uh, so we'll talk the football, football game. Uh, we'll talk about the program. And then we'll go off Grand River, talk about the Big Ten generally. There are some goings-ons. Uh, and then we will uh, take those Twitter questions. So oh, don't forget your your world renowned preview section. Oh yes, and of course preview the game against the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Yes, and their air raid offense. Mm. Offense. All right. Uh, yeah, let's head it behind the green wall. And so, uh, for those uh, who I guess missed it, who uh, could miss a game like this? Michigan State takes down Nebraska at home in the woodshed, Stripe Stadium. <laughs> Uh, in in an overtime victory. And what I love about the experience you all listeners, friends of the pod are about ready to experience is a conversation with three people who viewed it in very different ways. (laughs) Um, and so, uh, before we, I think before we break down the game, I want to start first with plum. Do you want to share what your viewing experience was? (laughs) I uh, am ashamed to say out loud that I was unable to watch this game in all of its um, glory. I'm only ashamed because Michigan State won. And um, the only way that people deserve to take and bask in the glory of that win is having had to suffer through the actual watching of how they played. So 
to be able to have been spared the misery of seeing the actual event as I was at a uh, at a, an event, a, a party of sorts, as it were. Taking the mustache to Taking an eyes wide out shut. on the town. Uh, of, uh... I, the mustache had tails. It was a top hat. It was lovely, really, really comely. Uh, anywho, you know, just not, not, you know, I didn't get to enjoy the game in that way, but I do believe it um, prolonged my life. So I'll well, be. I believe you described uh, watching an FS1 broadcast on ESPN Gamecast was truly the hell. epitome of hell, hell on earth. There's nothing. I mean, watching overtime on the GameCast, my phone kept saying that Adrian Martinez was like passing more. And I'm like, how is he? There was no, what is happening right now? What is happening right now? Well, don't worry. We had that experience in the stadium as well. So, <laughs> well, so yes. Uh, so I will say I watched the TV broadcast uh, in uh, a true coastal elite fashion mm-hmm. uh, in the Cape Cod uh, with three people who it was not possible for them to care less about this game. Uh, so that, that was my, that might actually be worse. It, it was a, it was a thing. Um, Greg, you had your own viewing experience. Uh, give the details on your viewing experience. Well, unlike others on the pod, I'm committed to the program. And I was actually there at Spartan where? stadium at, at Spartan stadium. And there where were your seats. Uh, they were situated at the stadium. Yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was a standing room only sort of thing, right? It was, ah. as indeed the whole stadium was. But uh, I got to move around a little bit. I got to see. We'll talk about the new look uh, stadium experience with, uh, you know, the new DJ and the new swag surfing. Um, that's not our top priority, though. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. What is important is a, an outcome that, of course, was never in doubt. <laughs> never, never. Never was worried at all, ever. So everyone knows MSU defeats uh, Nebraska in overtime. Um, huge overtime. I mean, Kenneth Walker with that monster carry. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Kimbrough with the uh, Chester Kimbrough with the huge pick uh, as uh, as Nebraska was given the ball first. But uh, guys, let's start with the third and fourth quarter. Um, of course, at that point... Uh, tie game or losing the game and uh, MSU in the second half, 14 play or 14 yards on 15 plays, no first downs in the entire second half. Where were you? Where were you in the game when that was taking place? Um, well, so I was, uh, I, I have a, a thing about having to stand and I, I knew the offense had gotten bad because I, I, I sat uh i was i was uh frustrated um my my frustration i felt like i was about ready to redirect it at those around me in a way that was not <laughs> healthy lashing out in various directions yep uh, and i do believe it at one point in time i said guys i'm gonna run to the restroom and when i come back i, I i'm just gonna be a normal human being and uh, because that's where I had gotten that, like, it felt like a total relapse to years, you know, last year, two years ago in, in just in, in, in ineffectual offense. And I'm sure we're going to chat about it more. But who were we to think that an offensive line that has been bad for so long was 
good now. Like, I'm not saying they're bad any longer, but I, I think we can disabuse ourselves of the notion that they're good. Again, humbled. Uh, are, Plum, are we going to ask him to expand on this trip to the bathroom? Uh, that's just as interesting as anything. Like, what was this? I, trip to it, the- Greg, I'm not here to shame you for the things you're into, but like, come mm. on, keep potty mm. time. Come on now. Come on now. All right, we'll save this for after the pod. Bob, <laughs> Bob, what, what about you? When you're running from, uh, you know, room to room and your well, grand ball. I kept saying to, to Jason when we were out, I would say, you know, it would it'd be like a three and out for Nebraska. And I'd be like, okay, let's just watch this one drive. We're going to score a touchdown on this one. Because I just kept looking at the score and we were tied. And I'm like, well, this doesn't, that's not, that doesn't make sense. Like, that's not, it's not feasible. Like, in a long, like, this isn't going to, this isn't right, right? So yeah, we'll just let's just wait one. Let's just let watch this drive and we'll score, and then and then we'll we'll be I'll be comfortable again, and I can get back to yes the party. And it never happened, so he had to keep saying we have to go because you're you we spent money on these. We're here. What are you doing? And he's also like, also I don't want to be around you because you're angry. And that was <laughs> the bigger thing is I wasn't pleasant to be around because I had like kept checking my phone and again the game cast, which is designed. To fill you with fire um, was yes. not was not facilitating the experience, as it were. I um, it was really, really, really frustrating. Though. I mean, it really was frustrating. I can't imagine what it had to have been like in person, Greg, to be there. I mean, what can you describe? Because I'm actually curious to know. Uh, without any audio, I didn't. What did the woodshed sound like? What did Spartans? How did it feel to be there in Spartan Stadium when you saw, when you experienced no, you know, one, two, three first down bit like what yeah the the, you know the chains were not moved in the entire second half uh here's so the game started out really strong for for the uh in terms of the atmosphere there um crowd was definitely in it midway through the first quarter the stripes were in full effect the students deserve a ton of of credit they packed to the corners of the of the upper deck uh the house now things let's i just i want to say i just sorry hell yes yeah Yeah. like that that i think that is a big deal and and so it's not happening in ann arbor so i just think good on them for that Mm -hmm. yeah anyway sorry greg i didn't mean to cut you off i will well it, it seems like we all had similar feelings come around third quarter getting into the beginning of the fourth quarter right up until that that jip that panashuk you know, strip sack, things were starting to get a little sedate in there. Uh, Folks started, you know, going to the bathroom and not coming back. Uh, It was a little quiet. Nebraska fans, to their credit, there were not, there was not a ton of red in that stadium, but there were definitely times where they made themselves known. Um, And, and things, it got a little tense. Uh, but then there was a whole Spartan stadium light show that took place. Uh, there was the aforementioned strip sack. Uh, there were some big plays and things turned around. And by the end of the game, it was, it was a good time again, uh, in Spartan stadium. So do we, uh, you know, of course, for those who, uh, we're not really the place to get the play by play, but you know, it, 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 we, it went, we went on a, a field goal, um, which felt somehow wholly unsatisfying, I guess, considering that uh, preceding that as an interception, that's almost a pick six. Yeah. Um, and in overtime, 
that kind of play ends up just not really meaning anything. Right. Like it's as the same as if he had just taken a knee <laughs> and that, right. That feels very anticlimactic. Uh, Ken Walker gets free for uh, his biggest his, run of the yeah, game. His, yeah. Yards. Longest run of the game. Uh, well, his tw- uh, 23 was as long. So, okay. No, that, ha- that had to have been it. Cause I okay. think they were at the two. Um, nearly, nearly sniffs out the end zone. Um, do you think, sorry to interrupt. Do you think Walker scores that touchdown if it weren't for that chop block? I didn't see a chop block. No. I, I mean, I didn't see it. I'm they threw the flag it. on it. That was, that, was, that was what the flag was for. They picked up a flag. Oh, they did? Yeah, they threw a flag and picked it up immediately. Ah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... Yeah, so anyway, it, it's... And then, yeah, and then Matty C comes out and, and uh, on a third down, kicks a field goal um, to, to finish the game. I think if we're looking for um, a compelling point out of this... It is the defense that won the game for us. I think that's a big deal because this offense has proven, even if this was a bit humbling, that it is uh, that it has the capacity to be a great offense or a good offense, great at times. Um, but I think we it was nice to see a defense that uh, that came through when it counted. And I would also say that now we have a consistent sample size of a defense that the strategy seems to be that given a large enough sample, you're going to screw up on offense and we're going to catch you. And so the bend don't break is a lot of, we will capitalize on your mistakes. And, and you know, this was not the Adrian Martinez of the Illinois game. Uh, mm, that dude yeah. gave MSU's defense all that they could handle. He had two rushing touchdowns. He had some big plays, but the D line did sack him seven times. Yeah. That's a huge deal. That is it, unbelievable. It, it, it's, I mean, it's huge because I, I, I do want to pick that apart a little bit. I mean, I think you're right, Jones. I think this credit does go to the defense, the special teams notwithstanding. I know we'll, we'll talk about that. But this, they, Adrian Martinez still showed us the holes in our secondary. <clears throat> so I don't know those are holes. Well, I, unless you mean this is the, the bending, but I mean, there was some real, the third quarter especially, Martinez was moving us at will. I mean, they, he, they, where they wanted to go, they went largely. And I mean, I, we give them credit. I guess they, they, we were able to get in a better position in the fourth quarter. I watched more of the fourth quarter. It did look their touchdown, you know, to take the lead, notwithstanding. Um, we, we, it seemed like the first part of the fourth quarter, we did a little bit better there, but I, I, he was, he moved the ball. So I, yeah. I still have concerns there. Yeah, Jones, I, I have to push back a little bit on your statement that defense won this game. I mean, I think that it's oh, the sh- difference in special teams that won oh, this game. Oh, yes, for sure. Bryce but- Berenger flipping the field time and again. Uh, six punts, one with a long of 67, average of 58. Like, the the three and outs were not as significant an issue. I mean, what kept us in the game was the fact that Behringer would pin them back in their own in their own side of the field time and again. I mean, yeah, that but guy... they also didn't have a punter. Sure. And, and their inability to counter that yeah. is a result of the defense forcing them to punt. And well, you can say what you will, but they only scored three points in the third quarter. Yeah. Another seven, sure, in the fourth. But the... I mean... You get an interception, you get a strip sack, again, mm-hmm. a strip sack that, that is a momentum turner in the game. Huge. 
huge I mean, momentum. It's and, the momentum turner in the game. I, I mean, uh, they 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 got in Adrian Martinez's head because he he was down for a while, had to leave the game for a bit. Um, and, couple- and and I think no, sorry. The last thing I will say is yeah. I think Nebraska was that Scott Frost has not lost his team, and I think that team knows they're playing for his job. Oh, there's there's zero doubt. I'm quite surprised they didn't leave him on the tarmac in any sensing. I don't know how well that's i mean we're a good program so i mean maybe i'm not trying to disparage our us but th- that was they I, I don't know if we won that game or if they lost that game and you know i th- i think the special teams did a lot there but you guys keep talking about momentum changes and i'm sort of like where is the momentum change i mean is it that it, weren't it for reed i mean it, weren't or shit weren't it for ross ells putting reed and naylor out there to return that that punt like that was a great. Is, is it considered a trick play? I mean, presumably oh, Naylor off, having Naylor, Naylor looking up and waving off, like waving the yeah. safe. The well, and all and all of our blockers were were migrating towards Naylor. Yeah, right. but it also relied on the Northwestern punter apparently targeting the wrong receiver. Nebraska. Yeah, exactly. I I just I you, you we we keep talking and so and I I want to push this because I am curious. No, like for me strip sack to, to, to be a momentum turner has to yield something. It has to net something. None of those yielded or netted anything. I, or does it, or does it have to just maintain hope that you're in the game? Okay. I'll sure. take that. Right. That's sure. what I wanted to push. Like what, what, and that's why I'm asking you, you know, I, I had no sound, I had no audio. So I'm like in, in, in the stadium, it may just have been enough. And it sounds like to a point it was Greg that, it you kept, in, it kept you, the woodshed alive doing your own commentary on the game as you're watching it yeah right. just yeah. mumbling to yourself in the corner well i kept like, screaming oh. touchdown msu but it wasn't adding <laughs> points to the so i didn't know like what the breakdown was just trying to will those things into existence yeah. Yeah. just yeah. trying Manifest. to Manifest. visualize the the uh uh the the, the points there but uh I mean, I, I don't think enough credit can be given to Behringer for yeah. for no, his, you were uh, absolutely right. Field flipping. Um, I know Matt Coglin. There was some kind of snap and hold issue on one quote unquote blocked field goal to whatever degree. That seemed like a long snapper issue, though, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think it was a bit of a fail on everybody's part on that unit. Snapper yeah. to holder to Coglin. Did, Coglin didn't even try to like. I don't know what he was doing. Well, he lost his footing. I mean, you can see him slip slip and stagger and then try to wind up again. But I'm thinking, when I saw him do that slip, stagger kind of thing and then still kick it, I'm like, you idiot. This is exactly what got yeah, that poor Australian bastard into trouble in the Michigan game. Just point. fall on it. Yeah. yeah. The kid's been playing for Michigan State for the better part of 23 <laughs> years. Like, you have to know it this time. Uh, so... And, uh, but if we're going to, uh, Matty C taketh, uh, but he also giveth mm. after the, uh, Jaden Reed touchdown on the, on the punt return, uh, we get flagged for what an unsportsmanlike conduct of mm, some sort. Yeah. Something like and that. And so we get pushed back 15. Or no, it was uh sideline interference, I think. Oh, oh, that's right. Tucker was not, not pleased about that. He thought that was a BS call. Uh, but so, um, so we get pushed back and. Coughlin, to his credit on that kickoff, I mean, it doesn't go out the end zone, but he ends up pinning them, 
effectively yeah. uh, at, at, at near the goal line, giving them a nearly impossible march to the end zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yet, and, and I think special teams are, are, I think maybe we'll, first of all, shout out uh first punt return in a decade for a touchdown. Can we acknowledge? Oh yeah. I, yeah. I couldn't think of, I couldn't, remember for the life of me the last one i mean it has to have been a Keyshawn martin return, it was right? yeah, 2011 oh like it's legitimately God. been a decade but the what i wanted to say is that i i i think that special teams so often are a indicator of attention to detail and and what your give a shit factor is about uh obviously a very important phase of the game but one that is so easily overlooked so uh in his press conference, Tucker addressed this exact issue. In oh. fact, he characterized it as saying his like cares or owns it, or I don't remember exactly how he puts it. He said the the caring about the game, the wanting to win level with this team is very high. And he described the overtime uh, play where Kenneth Walker was apparently, and I don't blame him, frustrated with himself for not scoring with that with that long rush he came to the sideline and matt coglin just said don't worry about it coach i got this now that that's what happens when you have basically a chip shot field goal and you're a guy that's never missed an extra point in your entire career but um it it, he made the point to say that this is a fun group of guys that they're easy to coach and that they're caring about the outcome of the game as well as each other that quotient is very high right now and that was his point, right? Was it was really he was saying it to Walker as much as he was saying it um, to Tucker, and I, mm-hmm. I I thought that was great. The other the, I, I, this was a great post game, by the way, because this was like the one audio I felt like I really got when I watched it this morning with my cup of coffee was hearing him, and that was the question I had that they asked pretty quick right off the bat was, "What did you say to your defense to keep them motivated?" Like that second half was painful to watch for anyone that ever has known anything about defense. What was it? How did you get them out there as that many three and outs? Like what? And Tucker said something around, you know, it's back back to his relentlessness, right? Like they keep chopping, but he, he referred to like, um, he said relentlessness has two, I'm trying to remember what they were, two components, velocity and nonstop velocity and nonstop. He said, you, you have to, you always looking at what's next. You're always looking at what's next. He's like, that's the mindset. That's what we told the defense. And so he was implying what I read into it. And maybe this is me reading into it. it. It's not about what they're doing on the sidelines during the game. That's keeping the defense in it. It is the work that has come before in the months leading up to now to establish a mindset where they're always looking forward. They're not dwelling on a three and out. They're dwelling on what comes next. It's nonstop and it's velocity. And if the Miami game taught us one thing, it's that this team has got the athletic prowess, the nutrition, the dietetics, the focus on just being your best physical bodied self mm-hmm. to be able to be that, to keep up with that velocity. And that nonstop is just at the end of the day, it's, it's a, it's a commitment. And this game, I thought Miami had showed us that, but I think the defense to your point, Jones, that was on full display with the defense this week. And so you might be able to chalk this up then as, as really, truly a, a uh, you can call it a program win if you want, a, a culture win. But I, I, I do look at this as a, this game was not fun. It was not easy. Mm-mm. And, and, you know, uh, I think it's clear that both Oklahoma can be uh, middling 
and still uh this Nebraska Cornhuskers defense can be legit. Yeah. Um and and we did what it took to win in this game. Yeah, I think we have this in the Twitter questions. Um but I'll oh. say it here. I I think this Nebraska defense is legit and I think they they might crumble as a result of this game. It's possible. Uh Frost, you know, threw his special teams under the bus and his post game conference uh, I mean, news conference wrong. we'll see well he's not wrong but also you're the head coach we'll so. see what you know happens not for much longer <laughs> responds to that but i think they have the potential you don't want to play this team you don't want to play this defense no I, they're they're probably going to win a game or two they'll probably continue losing a game or two uh but they're going to beat some teams as well that um, you you can't you can't fake their how sound their run gaps was yeah and and i mean their ability to seal an edge which was everything to stopping ken walker like it, i mean if you cuz if you're not disciplined ken walker will make you pay sure and he didn't all game mm-hmm. anyway sorry it, it, like i was i was thoroughly impressed with their run defense and if you're going to beat michigan state make Peyton Thorne beat you. Yeah. I, I've been reading um, some takes from folks about this was a, a humbling game for Thorne potentially. And he took a couple licks that might've been affecting him. Do you guys buy that? I didn't see anything that would indicate that I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't in an optimal viewing situation, but y- you know, the announcers would have been, all over oh, mm-hmm. Peyton Thorne might be hurt. Uh, this could be a real momentum changer, you know, because it's instant drama that can interject. Sure. Um, I didn't see anything. I mean, if he is, he is. That would be, you know, I don't know that we knew. Did we know Connor Cook's shoulder was jacked up the second it was jacked up? I think we had some indication of it. Oh, because, yeah, because he could barely throw. Thereafter, yeah. But I, I will say, it, I wanted it. Uh, this was Peyton Thorne's first turnover um it was a dumb one yeah. uh like i mean an exceptionally dumb one it just sailed that ball it was it was a terrible throw uh, like i mean everything about it was bad and you know if we have a red shirt sophomore quarterback who has gotten us to 4-0 and th- and had his first turnover mm-hmm. i you know what okay yeah. <laughs> like yeah. okay can't ask for much more than that. I mean, he, he is he is for sure ahead of where Kirk Cousins was at this point in his career, or sure. Connor Cook was at this point in his career in terms of that uh, that risk aversion that maybe you want out of your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will say it is not going to be a bad thing that we're going in, you know, to to play. But they're coming here to play. I don't know where we're playing. Western, it's got to be coming here, right? Western, yeah, it's homecoming, dude. Homecoming. Home- I, I knew that. I, I, I knew that. I like that. I like that. What? I host a podcast about it's that. Fine. As well. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don't uh, it, 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 it is probably good for us and good for him that that's that's who we have next to build up a little momentum. I, I don't. I mean, that was his first throw, first pass of the game, right? That interception. Uh, maybe. I don't know. It, it was it was near it. If it yeah, wasn't, I, it was near it. I, I, I read. I mean, that's. I think that's what Graham Graham Couch had, and that there's no reason to trust that. I want to be clear, but um, <laughs> that's where I'm getting that fact from. So you know, I mean, kids' first pick, right? Ever, and then in this game, you know, a a a, a big. I mean, they knew what they were up against. I mean, you know, Tucker was pretty clear that they had prepared the team. This was not going to be 
you know, don't let that, don't let their two and two, you know, fool you. So yeah, I don't know if that figured into it, but, but he needs some confidence. Obviously we've got a nice three game, you know, set ahead of us here. Um, we're, we're very, I know we're very, I know I've, you know, I've said we were going to be seven and zero going, um, you know, going into the Michigan game and, you know, let's cross our fingers that that continues to bear itself out. But, um, we need these three games, uh, definitely to establish a little bit more confidence, maybe at the very least in the, in the offense. Well, let's uh, do a state of the program then. So wait, sorry, can just real quick. I, I want to, I'll just be very fast here. Uh, Trey Mosley, six receptions for 70 yards. Uh, being he's going, he is a great third receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, Harold Joyner back in the lineup uh, after what we assume was probably concussion related protocols and comes up with a huge catch for a nine yard gain. Yep. Um, Jordan Simmons gets a handful of carries and I thought was a wonderful change of pace um, and was able to, to get the ball moving a bit and, and had one reception for six yards. I do just want to say Xavier Henderson is Holy shit! Playing himself onto draft boards. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, he had the most tackles by a long shot. Seventeen. The nearest was another. It was someone with eight. Uh, Ten of them were solo tackles. This team. Uh, talk about fundamentals. Tackling in space. They are wonderful. At Very that. sound. Very so, sound. Anyway, sorry. Those were my quick notes. I, 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 I thought uh, there were people who, in a shitty game, played really well. Uh, you got to throw Connor Hayward on that list too. Had some oh yeah, I totally meant to. Yes, and had that punishing run after oh. a really tough catch. That I was can't believe huge, huge. So, uh, state of the program uh, rankings are out. Uh, MSU now AP seventeen, coaches sixteen. Where those those numbers? We ain't. We ain't. Yeah, I, we ain't. I agree with that. I I'm almost scared to win three more games because then you're cracking the top 10. Yeah. And, and we're like, not, and we're not, this is not a top 10 team. This is not a top 15 team. I think this team is comfortably in the 20 ish range Correct. plus or minus depending, depending but, on where, but what's crazy is that you could see a world in which this team finds itself in a New York six bowl. Mm-hmm. And like, and I will say wholly unearned from a, just a, where are you in like program development? Um, if they find themselves there, obviously they earned it, but you know, it's, uh, I don't, this team would do well to, um, I, I hope they came away as humbled as I feel, I guess. I I'm think, sure they are. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about the experience of the two programs. Like this was a tough one game, probably should have gone the other. And now you've got an MSU raw, a game, you know, an MSU team that's probably going to take the best possible stuff out of this you know a little bit of humble pie a little bit of understanding the things you got to work on but still very much ascendant and then you have a on the other side a nebraska team that could potentially just fall completely apart so i just the 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 slimness of the margins in college football right now um i, I was just sort of struck on that by that point i'm re- I'm reminded of uh, the sort of the divergence of 2012 and 2013. Mm. In in 2012, I think we lost every game by a touchdown or less, mm-hmm. um, and lost a lot of games that season. Um, and then 2013, 
obviously was a, a fantastic year. Um, I, I suspect that this team doesn't get blown out. I, I think that's kind of where I am is that Michigan state will, I, I, I tend to believe that so long as Mel Tucker is coach here, Michigan state won't be embarrassed ever again. Okay. Um, I mean, I've said similar things about D'Antonio and then well, experienced 40 point blowouts. All right. If we, if we get to year 13, I, I, I maintain the right to have an asterisk on all of this, sure, but fair enough. Uh, but I, I do, I, I, I suspect that we, we, we're going to lose some close ones, but I, I, I think this, to your point, Greg, about this game and what it means for a program is that it is, yes, they're going to take the humble pie out of this, but they, they got to get reinforced on the, all of Tucker's coachisms of chop, 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 like, you know, believing in yourself, being neutral and that, and that if you believe you can make winning plays, you do make winning plays Mm -hmm. and, and they get to take that lesson home. Nebraska, on the other hand, <laughs> like, I, I mean, I think it takes it, it, it probably in 2012 to 2013 took some miracle working coach nonsense to not have your team broken by that experience. Uh, Nebraska, four years in with a coach who's kind of on the hot seat. I, I don't know how they come out of this. On the other Speaking side. of the man that did that coaching for MSU, Coach D on the sidelines yet again. Don't believe he's missed a game this season he's very he's closer to the program than i thought he was gonna be i um uh, we talked about this over the summer about the degree to which we actually expected coach d to continue to be part of the program and man like i don't get the impression he's going away i will say i saw him outside the stadium after the game with the regular people so with the regular people with a with us with us regular folk uh so it's not like you know he went into the into the locker room after the game and was hanging with the team and the, the staff, you know, he left the stadium with, with the rest of us, but he was on the sidelines and, uh, the man was there. He didn't have to be there. Um, so I'm impressed. I, I just, I state of the program very strong right now. Yeah. I, I don't know if we said this last week though, we're going to have to, we're not going to talk about it now. But be prepared for a regression next year, potentially. I think is all we're losing a lot of people. What do you mean? There's not another Kenneth Walker coming out of the portal. We'll just recruit the next Wake Forest. I, I think Wake Forest also entered the uh, the rankings this week. Uh, there's got to be someone else from that roster that MSU can poach, right? I, uh, I you know, maybe Ken Walker doesn't go pro. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, or maybe it's just uh, Harold Joyner time. Who knows? Anyway, uh, should we should we move along? Anything else you want to say, either of you, about uh, sort of state of the program? Uh, if yeah, no, that's good. Okay. Oh wait, uh, Greg, sorry. What's this light show? Oh yes. Okay. So <laughs> I need the, to hear about this. I honestly, as it was happening, I was like, "Can we do this? Is this legal?" Uh, so <laughs> the wait, the lighting in Spartan Stadium over the last three years is now permanent fixture, which I guess means, you know, back in the day they used to like bring in those trucks and you could like hear the rumble of the diesel engines at night. Um, But now they're permanent lighting. So they did this. I don't remember when it was like third quarter, fourth quarter. They did this like flashing lights show in the stadium with the stadium lights that uh, seemed seizure inducing. It also seemed like a, 
like a public health like issue. Like if I was trying to get to my, you know, get down the stairs and then all of a sudden all the lights in the stadium are flashing at me. I, I, I thought that the lights were going out at first. There was no indication that this was going to happen. I really thought, oh, this is the time where the lights go out and everyone has to go home because we can't see the, the field anymore. Uh, but no, apparently coordinated light show. So uh, when everyone piles into the stadium for uh, for homecoming next week, do keep in mind uh, that there is, you know, if you're epileptic, you know, hang out on the concourse, I guess, uh, you know, in the third quarter. This, the way you're describing it, it sounds like this is for sure some sort of like non-lethal weapon that has been, you know, uh, uh, been like developed for the military. <laughs> Just like we're going to just zombie flash people uh, into, into a sedation state. Um, yeah. We're going to find out that the stadium was hacked and that was like some, you know, <laughs> rascal. That, and you know, how is the new DJ? Uh, awful. Okay. So yeah, we should touch on this. The whole timing for swag surfing, the new DJ, the, the coordination between the live music and the band, the, the piped in music and the band, it is not working right now. I apologize, Tunes by T. I might have been too hard on you all of these years. Um, but like you swag surfing just doesn't play long enough for the like the energy to enter. The student section doesn't seem to know what to do with it, even though I'm sure they have heard that song before. They know what to do. Um, and then like I I don't know. Um oh, and the the boards for some, for one reason or another, just not trustworthy. The down, the yards, all of the, that information that tells you, you know, where, what is happening with the, with the game. Totally wrong. I think at one point Nebraska punted while the board said that they were on a first down. <laughs> and I was just like, who is in charge of this? How does this happen? So anyway, that all needs to get ironed out. But it was, God, it was amateur hour. It was bad. It was worse than our worst podcast. Uh, that is saying something. Yeah. Uh, though I do suspect that Mel Tucker is a bit of a micromanager when it comes to stuff like this and is maybe going to get that fixed. Yeah, so. we got to get that figured out. Anyway. Uh, uh, a word from our sponsor? Yes. All right, uh, gentlemen, let's head off Grand River. and. Uh, Let's start with the Big Ten generally. And look, some people are saying the East Division is deep. Others might argue that it's softer than normal. But we can agree that the West is ass. Um, so let's start with the most embarrassing, I think, of all of them. Is it's got to be. It's got to be. Is it? Is it? I mean, wait, is Colorado State an FCS school? Uh, no, 31, right? Are they? I think so. Come on. Because otherwise that might be. Be nice. Yeah, they're on the mountain. Oh, come on. All right, all right, all right. They're one of our fellow green and white teams. Oh, I wasn't belittling them, but Iowa had a close one against CSU, which. So, but yeah, so that makes Minnesota fully the most embarrassing in the West. Uh. So yes, if uh, if you haven't seen uh, 
Minnesota got their boat rowed over by the Bowling Green Falcons uh, this weekend. It was like 14 to 10. It's not even like it was a shootout or something. It's just like no garbage game. Like, do you remember that? Did Fleck get them to 10 wins that year? Who? PJ Fleck. Did did Minnesota get up to 10 wins one year? What's that? Yeah, he, I think they were. They ended up 10 and three, I think. Man, I, I remember when he got that job. I just thought like, this is a guy that's over his head. I don't think he's going to pull this thing off. And then he almost proved me wrong. But now the wheels are coming off a little bit. Oh, and you know, he really, really wanted to win that game so that he'd be like, hey, hey, did, uh, did the USC athletic director, did they see, did they see oh, that game? Oh, yeah. Did they yeah. see? Uh, yeah, you'll notice that's a name that is not coming up anymore. I uh, don't think it's a name that's coming up in the way that he really wanted it to be coming mm-hmm. up to. Uh, it was sort of sad how thirsty he was for that attention. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was big bad. Um, we had some other kind of embarrassing scores out of, uh, out of the West as well. Uh, Iowa winning a close one against Colorado state as mentioned, um, four, did they also score 14? Uh, no, I 20, went 24, 24 to 14. 14. That's right. They won by 10. Um, I'm going to make fun of, uh, Wisconsin getting humiliated yes, by Notre Dame. Uh, Graham Mertz is, uh, I remember when name image and likeness was coming out, he came out with his own logo. Like he was effing Tiger Woods or something. Like, and I, I don't know. I don't know that he takes Rocky Lombardi's job at Northern Illinois if he transferred out. Um, obviously, uh, Nebraska plays hard and loses to your plucky upstart Michigan State Spartans. Um, Northwestern does throw 35 points on the board, beating Ohio. So I guess they're really leading the charge for for the West, uh, while, uh, Purdue and Illinois have a stick fight 13 to nine. Uh, and, um, but let's talk about the East because as much fun as it is to shit on the West, I, I, we got to have a conversation. Uh, Rutgers is good or Michigan is overrated. I don't know. I did. You guys get a chance to watch that game? I was packing up the tailgate I, at that time. I did not. I did not. Um, plum. Uh, no, I watched the Michigan game. I watched the Michigan game because I blew you guys up the entire time with information, oh, begging right. you to please join the game. And this is the thing. This is how you know the, the pride always comes before the fall because I took such inordinate joy at watching Michigan's offense fully collapse around what the Butger defense that I was quite chastened quite quite chastened by our performance in the second half i thought it was quite something that they didn't have a single first down until like well into the fourth quarter and then we didn't get one at all in the second half so that was on me uh it looks like so uh continuing to stoke the rivalry banter uh you know kenneth walker in our game ends with 19 carries and 61 yards for 3.2 yards per carry Blake Corum, everyone's favorite Heisman should be considered contender, uh, is uh, 21 carries for 68 yards, again, averaging 3.2 yards per carry. Um, so that is going to be a fun thing. But the vaunted Michigan rushing attack uh, stymied, um, which Rutgers is back. 
Question mark? Man, I don't know if I'd go that far, but... Half the S on the Rutger. Uh, I just want to be really careful with how much trash I talk with yeah, MSU sure. going out to Piscataway. <laughs> for sure. Which, you know, anyone who's going to be around, let us know. What? Um, what? Indiana goes to Western Kentucky. And... Uh, which you got to give them credit for. Do you have to give them credit for going to western kentucky i don't know i don't know all the details of this but this is not traditionally the type of trip that a big 10 team makes so but is indiana a traditional big 10 team you know if we're being honest yeah yeah, uh so they win 33 31 penn state uh has a uh, all right who cares villanova three and one though it's not a big deal so penn state beats villanova 38 17 at home and ohio state uh, was Akron. well they were down at one point uh but yes 59 7 so things things are happening in the big 10 but the big 10 west in particular is just a garbage fire again can again we and again can we talk briefly though about what did happen for northwestern in addition to crushing the mighty ohio uh they got a giant bag dropped on them <sighs> yeah mr ryan not content to just simply have his name on the stadium already you know, wants to throw another half a bill. Was it? Yeah. I mean, four eighty million. Yeah. Something like that. And he's uh, already, you know, gave them enough money to put his name on the stadium and, you know, Welsh Ryan arena as well. Did he also build their, I wonder if he's responsible for their practice facility. That's so amazing. I mean, he's gotta be, he's, he's gotta be involved in each one of those things. I don't know what the total is that he's given, but. It's, I mean, uh, it, it feels like he would demand that Ryan Fitzpatrick rename himself Ryan Ryan. <laughs> um, oh, it's Pat Fitz. Ah, killer. Cut. We're leaving it in. Killer. Cut joke. it. Cut it. Here's the great news, though, Spartan fans. Matt Ishbia, worth twice as many billions <laughs> as that. Dude, oh, my so. God. <laughs> uh, so come on, Matt. Come on, Matt. Um. And then uh, I think the only other news that maybe is worth noting is uh, there's uh, obviously the news out of BYU that like every female athlete got uh, name, image, and likeness money, um, which is great. Uh, and then uh, on the money train, uh, Florida has now said we're providing academic dollar cash incentive payments to student athletes um, as a result of the Alston ruling, which is an interesting uh, twist on on how that all went down. Um, so now I guess if you do good in school, what good is TBD? Uh, yeah. Florida will give you cash. It'll be very interesting to see how this works out in practice. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'll, I'll say this. I was pro the Alston ruling. That's not how I imagined this going down though. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this, uh, this should be really fascinating, but uh, I think, it's time to preview the Hilltoppers uh, and their crazy offense. Yeah. Yeah. So Western Kentucky currently one and two um, with losses to IU and uh, who else did they lose to army Uh, in close games? I mean, they took IU to the, to the letter. Um, So they employ the air raid offense. Uh, The quarterback, you know, Brady zap, Zappy, I haven't watched any of these games. Zap with an E, two P's tra- and an E. Transfer two from um, somewhere. 
Well, wherever he transferred from, dude's already got 1,200 yards uh, this season, 13 touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, to put things in perspective, how much uh, Western Kentucky airs the ball out, Kenneth Walker already has 10 more rushing attempts than their entire football team. So <laughs> the, the expect the, the portion of uh of offensive plays the ratio to go something like three or two to one uh pass plays to rushing plays um and they do they do spread it around a little bit on offense you know he brian zappy's got uh or zap or whatever however you pronounce it what it's brady zap brady zap whatever it is we're doing a great job on this uh He's got he's got three main targets, uh, three main wide receiver targets, but he can he can spread it around a little bit. So uh, it's going to be really interesting. Bailey, it's game. Bailey. You misspelled it. Bailey Zap. Sorry. Doing a great job. Are we trying today? No, we're not. It's, un- it's unclear. Yeah, we're not trying. No, that's we're honest. not trying. Go read another preview, everyone. This is this ain't it. This isn't the preview you wanted. You didn't come for this preview. I will say, uh, at the very least, uh, and you know, you've heard me, you know, square up with my frustration on the secondary. I, I don't know, you know, much about Western Kentucky. They all say that this, you know, passing game for this quarterback is pretty serious. Yeah. So uh, it's it's Zappy, and oh, Zappy Jesus, comes from Houston. No. He comes from Houston Baptist, and he's uh, he as a transfer there. He also joined the offensive coordinator who came from Houston Baptist, as well as star wide receivers Jareth and Josh Stearns. <sighs> uh, I have some opinions on their parents, uh, but uh, that is a, a big, big sort of FCS influx from Houston Baptist, uh, in, in the, that I believe is. Uh, leading to the air raid offense. Yes. Also on paper, they like to go for two and they try not to punt. Although I guess in practice, it, it isn't quite that clean. Uh, the most, the most important thing is, you know how Mark D'Antonio believed that if you just controlled the time of possession, you would win the game just by virtue of having the football, no matter what you did with it. Uh, disproved in the Nebraska game. That's for sure. Yes. Heavily disproved in the Nebraska game. Uh, I think if MSU just, Kenneth Walker's them up and down the field doesn't allow the big plays kind of operates like MSU did in the third quarter and gets to the quarterback on defense. They have a a pretty good chance to win this game, but only favored by eight in Vegas against a one and two Western Kentucky team. So that gives you an indication of what people are expecting out of this offense. Well, it's and it's, it makes sense. I mean, they've, they clearly have some skilled players. They need to prove it. And it's the same thing that Miami had when we had them. It was the same thing Nebraska had when we had them. These are teams that should be performing better that aren't, that had had, you know, opportunities, which they've not been able to fully put away or capitalize on, Mm -hmm. uh, to text credit. We have been relentless and seen our way through it, but you know, you hope it doesn't catch up with you. I don't think it should with Western Kentucky, but they're going to clearly have something to prove coming in East Lansing. We're going to have our hands full again. Here's the question. Trap game. What do you think? Uh, I don't think Tucker does trap games. Yeah. But who? who no, because it's Rutger after that. Like, I, you're, you're yeah. I don't think you, I guess you, you you're could not say you're forward. looking ahead to the Big Ten slate, but they've already played two Big Ten teams. 
And this puts them at this puts them a win here would put you one away from a certain bowl game. Yeah. A win here probably guarantees a bowl game in some ways, though that would mean you lose every game for the rest of the way. Like I, I don't see it. And it's at home, it's homecoming. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's week two of uh pack the woodshed branding. Um, I don't I don't see it happening. Yeah, and I don't think this team is, you know patting itself too much on the back after this last How game. How could you? Yeah. Could you? So I, I also agree. I don't think this is a trap game. I think they're going to be up for it. I think they're going to be motivated. Um, anything else you guys want to say about Western Kentucky before we move on to uh, the Twitters? Crush them. That's all. Okay. I mean, right. I, th- I think this is one that you want to, I think you want to win this game better than Indiana did. Yes. I think every team wants to win this game better than Indiana did. Yeah, well, uh, if uh, let me rephrase then. I think you want to beat the spread here. Okay. So, um, all right, Twitters. Uh, oh, we're starting this way? All right, we're going to start with the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Who on the pod was actually at the game yelling support of the team rather than sitting on their lazy asses judging other fans? Little who? Little typo. Little little fat finger here from the upper deck jerk guy. His rage, in his rage, he added a B here. Uh, some of us were at the game. Some of us uh, couldn't be bothered. Some of us had the grand ball. You know, Plum. Um, what do you what do you have to say for yourself? Were you not, judging fans, Plum? Yeah, I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to honor this question. This isn't a real question. And right. let's be clear, uh, Greg wasn't yelling. <laughs> Uh, it's more of a, a it's, people that know him know it's more of a hiss. It, it's the Slenderman yeah. sort of signature yeah. sound. Yeah. It's a bit of a golf clap situation. Um, next up from the Epitech Jerk Guy, can a punter be my favorite player? Uh, well, it's it's Plum's favorite player. Truly, truly, the power of the stash, and and all of you know this. Taylor Anderson knows this. All of you who follow us on on the Twitter machine know this. Come on, come on. Also, you know, uh, we didn't even mention. The this game was uh, the Mike Sadler game, um, who yeah the was Sadler legi- Bolts game yeah which who was you talk about a favorite player an amazing personality mm-hmm. um, and a an amazing punter uh, but the the petting the cat um, celebration gesture that he did all timer. I mean, and we've had iconic moments out of our kickers. That one is an all-timer. Yeah. Uh, last up from the Abduct Jerk Guy, are all special teams truly random, Grek? Um, I don't... What, what, what is this question based off of? I don't know. I think Very clearly funny. not. I mean, if the better prepared team on special teams just essentially won the game as a result. So... Uh, maybe that's Scott Frost, uh, his old strategy that all special teams used to be random. And now I would hope that he knows better than that. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure about this one, which is why we're going to always think in 1835, the storied Albion college football team is also four and oh, after hosting, uh, Wisconsin, Eau the blue golds. <laughs> that is weekend. a terrible, can we just pause? No. I'm not going to don't even finish reading this question. The blue golds. That's that's without an, to dig without an this E too. Yeah, is I it? don't. I, it's more. I think it's pronounced bluggolds. If the I'm being, just seeing the writing here, it's the University of Wisconsin, Eau Claire bluggolds. 
It feels like when you beat someone and burgle them at the same time. <laughs> and burgle them. Very good. Very good. Speaking of burgled, uh, will the Britons or the Spartans <sighs> remain undefeated longer? And by the end of the regular season, who will have the better win percentage? The Spartans, because we don't debase ourselves playing teams called the Bluggles. The I refuse Bluggles. to have any other answer. <laughs> uh... All right, next up is Mr. Neurotic Pants, who asks first, do you girls like to party? Oh, oh, baby. He doesn't. Ha- he knows. He knows now. He was there. He was there. Raymond, <laughs> please listen. Some of us partied too hardied and missed the game because of it. This isn't even a question. <laughs> uh, last up for Mr. Neurotic Pants. This week on the Mark D'Antonio show. After Mark. Mark Tucker. Mark's back. Mark is back. Oh, he got picked up for another season after Mel Tucker falls into a coma. Oh, this took a dark turn. Wow. MSU channels D'Antonio's mind into Mel Tucker's body for the Nebraska game. On the strength of a victory with no second half first downs, Coach D wants his job back. I pictured this as like the real end of Game Game of Thrones. He like wargs into Mel Tucker. Um, It's like the, the type of conclusion to to brand that we never actually got um i i like this one except for if he can already mind control mel tucker then why does he need his job back formally you know he can just continue to go as mel tucker i think i will say i mean it would be it was a very on d'antonio brand performance punting winning the game yeah i mean you know jim trestle felt like he was there that night uh uh let's head next to anthony garver Prop bet of the week. I love that I've not seen these yet. Um, number of Big Ten teams that make a bowl game versus number of times Connor Hayward is going to catch the ball and then trucks over someone this season. Over under is a 10 and a half. Ooh. Uh, under under. Ooh. Ooh. Well, how many, how many trucks does uh, Connor Hayward already have? I'm only familiar with the one. I think he's got another couple uh, Wait, already. Caught the, caught the ball and then trucked somebody. God, he's got, you know, he has the ability to truck two times in one carry. He's a mother That's trucker true. in some respects. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm also, I'm with Jones on this. I think it's under, under though. Despite how much I love Connor Hayward. and <laughs> Always have, always, always have. Will. And, 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 you know, folks who follow me on Instagram know that Connor and I, we share each other's content. He share stuff that I took and posted about him. <laughs> it's important to him, you know, so like it's, you know, we're close. We're close. We're, we're just close is what I'm saying. Uh, also, also Garvard adds in here, uh, can we come up with a nickname for Hayward hammerhead, perhaps kind of uh, building off of this question. Uh, yeah. Well, and you know, an ode to his father, uh, yep. did you know, his, his father's nickname was Ironhead. I've, I've never heard that in my entire life. Did you know, uh, I was actually just reading their, their bios in the media guy. Did you know that Thorne and Reed, uh, played uh, football together in, in grade school? You say what? And yeah. did you know Matt Trannon played basketball? And did you know that Drew Knightsa was ambidextrous? <laughs> what what is this one. about Liberia and J.U. Kulkerick? <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, Tum Tum, uh, you know, named after uh, Lou Roll. Oh, I hadn't heard. I had no idea. Mm. Incredible. It is a fantastic name, though. Lou Rawls. Uh, next up from Garvert. Uh, does Greg feel any guilt in waiting so long to bestow the Twitter question prize? 
on this summer winter. Uh, Garbert, it was without any further delay. I mean, that beer arrived just on time. Uh, what Mr. Garbert is uh, referring to here is that the podcast has made good on his prize. Uh, Garbert and I successfully met up for a drink after the game. He was in town. He reached out. Very much appreciate that. It has been uh, so much fun getting to meet all of these people. It's did, been unreal. Uh, but did he did he talk to you exclusively in in prop bet terms the entire time? Yes. Was the entire conversation dictated by prop bets? It was entirely prop bet driven. Uh, and then also just in like super obscure statistics. Like yes. whatever beer it was that he ordered, I don't remember what it was, but it was like, over under on number of ounces that I'll to be IBUs. Versus, yeah. I, I was like, okay, fella, fella. I know you got a brand, but let's just talk. I am. Uh, I am bummed that I missed this. Uh, cause it was, it was genuinely so great getting to meet everybody and, uh, certainly hope to see, uh, Garbert at a game. For Garbert, sure. Piscataway calling your name, buddy. Mm-hmm. Make that uh, drive. Yeah. Little jaunt. Uh, last up from Garbert, Behringer eventually has to be in the combo for this, uh, for the Burlesworth Trophy, right? Didn't uh, know that was a trophy, Garbert. Uh, he's even got the thick rimmed square glasses. Um, adding Ray Guy Award should obviously be on the table as well. Uh, I don't know what either of those awards are. Uh, well, Ray Guy was the the Southern Miss punter, right? Um from way back in the day. But uh I personally you guys talk about the mustache. I all I see are those thick rimmed, you know, the goggles. The goggles. Goggle guy. Whatever yeah. all punters should apparently wear those goggles. They're fantastic. Uh next up from Mamapolief, uh unlike MSU, Western Kentucky does not require students and staff to be vaccinated, only recommends it. WKU did update their masking policy, though to require masking indoors. So with the influx of Kentucky fans, do you view the upcoming game as more of a risk for spreading the virus? My maple leaf, normally we would send this to our public health expert, Alex Plum, but I think you need to take a chill pill here. <laughs> Which is exactly the, uh, all, the standard public health advice. First of all, you're making an assumption about Western Kentucky fans making the trip. That ain't happening. Well, and there's already had their Super Bowl at home and they lost. There's a number of reasons for that. There is a a a, a bluegrass banjo spectacular happening in um, in Bowling Green, Kentucky that weekend, I believe. So, um, <laughs> and if you share a, a you know if your if your town shares a name with a Mac school, I, I just I don't have good I don't have good vibes on this. You know I have better vibes than teams called the Bluggles. I have to give them that. There it could it could be yet worse. And you know uh, there is something bold. Some say erotic about being called the Hilltoppers. Oh my! Just god. saying. Uh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Lansing State Journal columnist Graham Couch, not to be confused with Garooch. Uh, today stated MSU met its match Saturday night, end quote. Okay, great writing. Uh, does that indicate there are no more opponents worthy of MSU upcoming on the rocks? On the uh, can we give Susan? Susan, fantastic. You've you've done it again. You've pointed out the absolute inanity of Graham Crouch 
No one respects him, let alone his editors at the Lansing State Journal. So I don't think he has an editor. He may not. He, can they afford one? It, it, it might be a cat wearing a visor. I mean, this is the problem. I, I think this is exactly the point. So well done, you. Greg, you seemed like you were going to say something serious. There. No, no. All right, uh, next up from Mamopolief, it's that time of year again. So what's your favorite? Red Delicious? You spelled it. You, you pronounced it wrong. Try again. Red Delicious? No, no. What's your five favorite? Fivrut. Fivrut. Red Delicious? Honeycrisp? Fuji? Gallagher, Granny Smith? Blah, 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 blah. Names off a ton of apples. Uh, and how would you use it? Pie, crisp, crumble, turnover, sauce, cider, glaze, slice, bobbing for, bobbing for. Can we just that's, the answer, that's the answer, bobbing that's for. That's my choice. So uh, like, I'll defer to the food, to the foodies of the podcast on this one. Yeah, it's definitely not you, but I will just say, I like Sawyer, like Tom subtweeted this or came in quote tweeting it saying, this is an incomplete list and then rattling off another 904 apple types, including Jonna Gold, my least favorite. Um, I like the Cortland, the Superior Macintosh. Both of which fail on every level of Apple enjoyment. Just uh, too mealy. I do agree, though, that the Red Delicious and Granny Smith are trash apples. I don't hate the Granny Smith because it's kind of tart, and that's fun. But there is a whole, and you can look this up somewhere. I don't have it, but I should probably, um, chart that uh, bakers and other you know Apple good purists use because not every apple should be, and I didn't know this, uh, should be used in an apple pie or an apple crisp or glazed or, you know, for, or especially for cider because some apples like are too mealy. They don't cook right. They're too sweet. They're too tart. Their sugar content is off. Um, so anyway, very interesting. Very yeah, interesting when, when Greg told me that he put Twitter questions together, I thought maybe he was like making some editorial decisions. Good That's for him. Not the case. Good uh, for him. He just went bottom up. Right. Um, all right. Spartan 18770 up next. Why was bottom up in reference to the Hilltoppers or was that different? <laughs> Great. Well done. Well done. Uh, Spartan 18770, why isn't the woodshed selling beer this year? This, Greg, is the question that needs to be asked at the next game you're at. Well, yes, yeah, some parts of the woodshed do sell beer. Oh, point Lord. Out. Spartan 18770. Oh, Lord. Uh, I don't know. We should uh, we should uh, take it to the uh, we should ask Mr. Alan Haller. Maybe all the way to priority? the top floor, you might say. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mr. Haller, Listen, what is it? The this is for Graham Couch. Graham, do all of us a favor. Maybe make that the question you ask Mel Tucker, because at least that one will have value for the span of the fans. Honestly, he might answer that question. There you go. He, he is micromanager. He's trying to get into the whole the, the whole experience I mean, at the Spartan if, Stadium. If he was told that, like, hey, why would? It, it it blows my mind that from a health and safety perspective, it's both better. It's a revenue generator. Like it doesn't make sense to me anyway. Next up. Oh, wow. Right. I, I mean, this is the perfect question at the perfect time. Uh, I have to go to a wedding reception next Saturday night and there's no TV at this function. Why TF do people do this? Greg, what's, what does TF mean? Greg, um, Greg, Greg, what does TF mean? Why, why? Two, two faces. I'm on tonight. I don't know if you guys picked up on this. But no, I, this is it. You, you are. You are You've never been funnier. Never. Um, Except for that one time you weren't fully sober. I will say Spartan 1877 zero. Um, don't use Gamecast. Don't do it. Don't do it. 
don't do it. You are better off going finding a Radio Shack if they still exist and getting one of those long rectangular looking tubular televisions that are in black mm. and white and have the antenna that's 40 feet long and posting up in some corner of the dance hall with it because Gamecast is is going to ruin your night as if this couldn't. Is it wasn't the, already? The other option is that I think the go forward strategy here is you get that RSVP, right? To to a fall wedding, you say yes and then you add a parenthetical if there's a TV and it's okay that I don't socialize with anyone, then I will be at your dumbass wedding and parenthesis, new parenthesis, otherwise, here's a check, bye. As someone that's received back so many, uh, you know, wedding RSVPs, I like the idea of being like, this is the pile of all the vegetarian, uh, you know, <laughs> options that we have to keep track of. And then also here's Spartan 18770 uh, in his list of demands for the game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, next up, Taylor Anderson. Do the pod members think we should adjust our projected win totals after this game? Or was it just the usual trap game for MSU that we managed to win this time? Uh, I think maybe instead of a trap game, we could ask the question of were we fat and sassy? Also, I'm going to send this uh, plum. You and I are both pretty much on record saying 12 and 0 or this team's a bust. Correct. Uh, Greg being the more rational person who I think settled in closer to maybe the seven, six to seven number. I think I said six, man. Which Adjust up those expectations, foolish. Taylor Anderson. Adjust them up. Foolish. 12 and 0, baby. I think eight is still on the table. Oh, I think so, too. I, I mean, I'm saying mean, eight since the first week. If mm-hmm. if we came in at seven, though, I don't think anyone should be disappointed. I would be disappointed at seven. Flat I, out. I mean, it would require a lot of losses down yep. this that's track. That's my point. Here. And that's my point. Yeah, that's... but the, the back three on the schedule are not fun. Sure. Fine. So, uh, uh, next up from Taylor, be honest. Plum, did you think we would lose when Nebraska went ahead late? Because I did. I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, very. Yeah, very much so. I de- Well, yeah, no, no. I, I will. If I didn't think they would, I was resigned to the fact that they were going to, which I guess is the same thing. Like That's I was, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah I, I put my phone away and was like, OK, that, this is all right. Like now spend you'll check in it like 10 minutes and just see that it did happen. Like but like, let's just. Let's just reflect. Let's take the bigger moment here and reflect. You know, you didn't watch the game. You had that going for you. You got to do this other thing you were enjoying. You know, you so to experience started, the bliss of yeah. FS1 on yep. ESPN now. On ESPN Gamecast. That's right. Yeah. And, and that sort of, you know, pairs with his uh, last question. Has your heart rate decreased yet? I thought that it was kind of house money, so to speak, at the end of the game. Yeah. I, I was not that worked up in overtime. Usually I am. I'm sure, Jonesy, you were having a pace, but uh, I really looked at things like it was house money, the outcome. Uh, I like that here we are giving you a hard time about the ways in which you're just, your comedic timing is terrible, but Plum is actively yawning on the podcast. I can never hear when I do it. You know what I mean? It just kind of sneaks out. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, next up. Who is it? Lee, we got apples. Eman Center. Jonesy, anyone noticed how uh, uncoordinated the stadium has been for the home football games? It takes forever to get in. Speakers barely working and the team entrance is done horribly now. We we have covered this Eman Center. I, well, I haven't noticed so that it's longer to get in. I've I've heard about this and my understanding is that it uh, so 
it, it was people complained about two things as it relates to it. One was that uh, they just didn't get enough staff because they don't pay enough money, I guess. Sure. Um, which actually I've heard other stadiums are having food service issues, which uh, is a callback to a question we had about continuing to have charities do food service because uh, or nonprofits rather. Um, Cause I think that maybe solves for that problem. Uh, the other, I guess the, the YSU game, they were demanding masks at the beginning and that led to a backup of people. Um, and oh. then eventually they said, you know, F it, let's just get people in. So sure. uh, I mean, this hasn't been my experience uh, to me. Apparently, apparently they're doing the alma mater at the beginning of the game, which is oh. about as ass backward a decision as anyone could make. Uh, whoever the director of bands is should probably be pilloried. Wait, but Plum, I thought this was a great song that, you know, is a total banger that totally gets people up and amped up. Okay, no one ever said that about the alma mater, you absolute Muppet. That's first. Second, (laughs) it has historically always been at the end of the game because it's at the end of the game that we're feeling introspective and um, appreciative of our alma mater. So, I mean, it's... It's illustrative of how simple Mike Jones is that he yes. thinks that every song worth playing has to be a banger, yeah, or or miss me with it is what yeah. he would probably <laughs> say. Miss me with God, he's the worst. <laughs> Next up from CT and CC, should masks be mandated at college football games? Plum. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. no. I, you know it, what we what I thought was a reasonable compromise. I, I'm the idiot that actually thought that that would be observed which was the sort of at your seat in the outer open air you know you'd be fine to take it off and on the concourse you have to wear it no one observed that and so you know um i think having seen that and given that i think we should probably be mandating them yeah okay uh any advice for coaching a first grade basketball team yes Yes, uh, I demand that you tweet at Ken Pomeroy every day until he includes the statistics of your first grade basketball team on his website. Here, here. That's that's my and then use those analytics to better the kids or just talk to them like um, Roy talks to the little girls on his niece's soccer team in um, Ted Lasso. I maintain that someone needs to take the he's here, he's there, he's every where. Uh, Roy Kent chant and adjust it to someone in college football. Ah, that yeah. needs to be a thing. Um, Greg, you're caught up on Ted Lasso. Uh, I have not seen any of season two yet. No, but you know, he's here. He's there. He's every effing where, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. W- yes. What does the effing mean in that, in that case? Uh, it means go Basis. fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> next up favorite Ninja Turtles character. Have we gotten this question like eight I times? I think yes. so. Yeah. yeah. It's I happened think. before. Yep. Okay. Next up, so you're like Tom. You just got to go back to the archives, buddy. <laughs> Listen uh, to all of the episodes until you find it, CTA. And let us know which one it was because we're not sure. Yep. Uh, so you're like Tom. Raphael. Uh, isn't it kind of silly for Nebraska to claim corn as a mascot when the rest of the Midwest also has corn based identities? Speak for yourself. Wisconsin has a cheese based identity. True. My identity is entirely non corn based. I, I just reject it entirely take a hike corn i just don't think it's okay that they have two different mascots and both are equally disturbing salacious even i don't think it's okay i vote no and i think 
I do like the idea that their mascot has uh, an imaginary friend that is just an inflatable <laughs> that he carries around with him everywhere he goes. I I like the narrative about how disturbed this individual is. <laughs> You like have this to be is my never... best imaginary. It's a it's a true Calvin and Hobbes situation, but sad and pathetic. Mm, yeah, I mean there there is an actual corn palace in the United States. It's actually in South Dakota, which and I just think is the truth to Nebraska's lie about this whole thing. Iowa is the largest producer of corn in the United States. Wow. So there's All right, that. Mr. CIA sad book. Get sad. out of here. Get out of here. All right, uh, Mike Jones. Hear- yeah, the better Mike Jones. The better Mike Jones. The, and he and he knows he's the better one, too. Uh, let's give it to the fake Mike Jones. Does five and three, five, five, three and outs in a hand? Yeah, five, three and outs. It's it's poorly uh, punctuated. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Does five, three and outs in a half with zero first down, zero adjustments seem like a legit reason to fire a coordinator? Game plan offensively for that entire game looked awful, minus a small part of the second quarter where I can only assume... Jay Johnson was stuck in line for the bathroom. Mike, I'm glad you come to the pod to to be told, chill out. They were averaging over 38 points a game coming into this game. One game where they aren't able to run the ball against a good defense that was able to seal the edge on Ken Walker, and you're like, fire Jay Johnson. Jay Johnson's weapon didn't work. No, he it's fine. I mean. They, Jay Johnson dialed up a flea flicker when we needed it. So there's that, uh, you know, but uh, I think Peyton, th- I, I think if you rewatched the game, you might find yourself saying Peyton Thorne didn't play his best game. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he had other reads. He could, it, it just, you know, and that's okay. He's a, he's a Richard sophomore. It's, oh, it's okay. Um, but I, I don't I don't hate Jay Johnson. Speaking of the archives, we remarked last week or the week before about like this is apparently what it takes for a fan base to not question its uh its offensive coordinator. The, and, the third and, or fifth most prolific offense in the country. Here we are, though. We found it. We're yeah, back. It, it, it's it's a testament to the true tightrope that Jay Johnson is walking between just uh you know King and death to Jay Johnson. All right, next up, William Pristop. Pristop. Yeah. Uh punted for us in 2018. He was and uh can we also or can we only assume he is still a Spartan at heart and wanted to get Scott Frost fired? Also, can you have a trap game before a trap game? Uh did you guys also know that he was a video assistant video coordinator for MSU? I did not know that. Yeah, he was like on the the graphics team. Truly an agent of the program embedded. I, I will just say that Scott Frost doesn't need a punter's help to get himself fired. I don't like. Yeah. Uh, and though I will say in fairness to Scott Frost, did you know like his entire offensive line is, uh, is pretty much freshmen and sophomores. I did not realize that. I, yeah. So them being easier. Yeah. Them being big, bad, uh, you might hope that some of that gets ironed out in a year or two. Partially explains the seven sacks. Yeah, and the off uh, the offsides or false starts constantly. Yeah, God help us. Love those. Uh, next up, OSU linebacker uh, Kavon Pope. Kavon, Kavon uh, Pope mm-hmm. quit mid game. Have any of you ever quit something mid shift, season, or game? What does that mean? Like he like walked to the locker room and was like, "Yeah, I'm not playing football anymore." 
Yeah, he uh, threw. Yeah, he, uh, reportedly, he threw his gloves into the stands. He tweeted. Uh, he tweeted uh, death to Ohio State. Essentially, uh, he's since retracted all of this and apologized. But uh, it was a bit of a moment on the Ohio State sideline <laughs> during the game. Love what that happened. That's awesome. <laughs> They're Focus bad. On. Oh. There was a question about playtime, I believe, and him not getting subbed in. But uh, this ever quitting something mid-shift, we've had this question before, too. And I think, Jonesy, you were the closest that we could come up with. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember what it was either. None of us have ever really rage quit, but you had something that was about as close to it as as I recall. That's interesting. I don't remember that at all. Um. I don't recall quitting a game either, but you know, let me think mm-hmm. on this. I'll come back randomly. Uh, Evmarie 24 up next. How much of this win is a credit to strength conditioning and the nutrition team? Defense was out for over 23 minutes in the second half. I kept getting flashbacks of D'Antonio's late defenses breaking in the fourth quarter from being so gassed, but these dudes held up. That's a great, great question. Point. That's a great point. Uh, I, I, I tend to think those D'Antonio teams, it was, uh, they were just emotionally abused every week. And then it was a year of that. And then it was a second year of that. And then when the third year came around, (laughs) I get it. I get it that they're like, we can't score a point. Yeah. So I I think that this is a maybe a more of a resilience thing, though. By all accounts, you know the strength conditioning and nutrition is legitimately different than anything that was happening under Mark D'Antonio. Yeah, Ken Manny, I think might have been a little old fashioned in his some of his approaches, and uh, it's good to see that the program took a step forward because so much has happened in nutrition generally over the last yeah. twenty years. And shout out to. Uh, Graham Couch for writing the article about Amber Reinstein. Yep. Uh, because that was a, uh, a a nice peek behind the curtain of something. I think people who follow the program knew that she was a big deal. She was a big deal for recruits. She's a big deal for the current players. Um, but that added a lot of color around her story and what she's doing there. And um, I mean, but I didn't, I don't know if you guys saw the distance between MSU and, uh, and Alabama, for instance, which has uh a team of five full-time nutritionists and a professional chef that's part of their program. Oh, that's Bama. All right. Uh, Next up from Edmarie 24, Hayward to the NFL plum. Uh, No, Mm -mm. no. I mean, he couldn't, he should, but he won't because uh, school Spartans bear up. Greg. Well, I mean, he's going to graduate, right? No, Um, no, 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 no. He'll take all of the extra years that he gets and just not do that. And not, not do that. He, well, does he have one more year? He might have one more year. I don't know. I don't COVID know. COVID year. Better get that graduate degree. Um, I don't think he's going to get drafted. He might get signed to a you know summer league team. He might get a shot. They yeah. they love uh they love pedigree in the NFL. So he got that. And, and and in fairness, he's showing he's something. Hmm. Hmm. If if you found you need you need an innovative offensive coordinator who says I know I can do something with an undersized tight end, and yeah, you know. be careful what you're saying around Mike Jones. Uh, next up with Mark oh, Team and Mark, 
Does the MSU coaching staff still look at Kenneth Walker third at KW3 as their strongest offensive weapon? Uh, will we see more passing moving forward? Uh, Johnny B adds, I strongly believe that the running game controls the pace of the game, but we need to have two-headed monsters but we have the two-headed monster in Reed Naylor, uh, and we need them to get touches. I I think we actually got clarification. It's John uh, Ebelbeebe bye bye bye. Oh yes, that's it. Yep. All right. Of the Ebelbeebe bye bye clan, of course. Yeah. Anyway, yes. It, what you were sorry, what you were saying. Uh, I I don't think I think Kenneth Walker is option number one. I yeah. think that's clear. I think to the when they can get him touches and they can. I think he's going to get close to 30 touches a game. And you're, you're probably going to see games where I, I think if they had their druthers, uh, Ken Walker doesn't only have 19 touches in this right. past game. I think they want that to be higher. They'd like it to be like five higher at least. Yeah. So, uh, I honestly, if you it, 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 prop bet of the week, um, if you set the, the touches for Kenneth Walker in any game at 19.5, I'm taking the over. If it's 21.5, that's maybe a little bit more of an interesting question depending upon the game. Um, but the, I, I he's, he's going to, even an ineffectual Ken Walker is still a home run threat every single time. And that, I don't that know how many targets he had, but Naylor did not have a catch in the Nebraska game. So. I am not prepared to talk about his game. Naylor did not have a good game. Yeah. He and and what's interesting is that he and Peyton Thorne have been uh one might say in any individual game not in sync, but it seems like it's multiple games now that they're not in sync, which makes me think it's someone's fault. Are they not in sync or is they or are they not in sync as much as and you might not have heard about this, but Peyton Reed uh, or Peyton, Peyton, Peyton Thorne and, and Jaden Reed, uh, you, did you know that they basically grew up together? They like were in the bassinet together, passing a football back and forth. And my understanding is that you can't effectively throw to a receiver unless you at least began changing in a locker room together in middle school. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Joe Ashworth. Uh, is Nebraska's defense that good, or did we just have a letdown? Uh, we kind of covered this. I think they're that good. I that think good. they're going to get they're going to get folks over the course of the season. Uh, he adds, related. Any idea why we didn't see adjustments on offense to get Walker out in space? A couple blown screen passes and the Wildcat weren't the offensive creativity I was hoping for. So I. I- Joe, rewatch that game and Nebraska sealed the edges and had run fit on everything. I mean, like, bear in mind, this is the same offensive line with the addition of one transfer who has not been able to get pushed for a really long time. They came up against a good defense and they got beat. And and that's going to happen. Like, I don't I don't know what to say. That didn't, That's going to happen. Uh, Walker being able to stretch the field, you know, you got to sound defense. It's tougher and tougher. So. Yeah. And finally from Joe Ashworth plum. Are you more or less nervous for Rutgers and Indiana on the road, given the Nebraska results and Rutgers theoretically stiff defense in the second half against Michigan. You were the only one that watched that game. So I was nervous and I tweeted or I texted you both as much about that. I, 
am a little bit nervous for a uh, trip on the road there, but I think, uh, I think we win both. If we don't win both, we split the pair. So, um, but I think we can do it. Uh, Rutgers. Here's the thing with Rutgers. Um, we're going to struggle from time to time. Like we did um, against Nebraska. I think, I don't think that their um, their defense is going to be as effective as Nebraska's was. Um, but the thing we have going for us is that Rutgers buttered themselves in the foot every opportunity they had. They could not close it out. They were forcing Michigan on three and ones repeatedly, and each time they would get in the red zone, they would fuck it up consistently. So I know this is the big house. We're going to have them, you know, in what is it, Piscataway? Piscataway. But, but we're uh, uh, I I still they they just can't they just can't close it. They can't get it done. So I'm not super concerned. Speaking of which, uh, I guess quick plug, uh, Grecker's is going to be joining in Piscataway. Mm-hmm. And so if anyone happens to be making the trip to Piscataway, and I know you all are just itching for some Piscataway, uh, give us a shout. We'll Maybe we'll find a way. Tub. Yeah, we'll meet you at the hot tub. That's that's right. <laughs> Famous song, Meet at the Hot Tub. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Um, next up, John Ebelby Bye 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 wants to know, Plum, I got that right? Yes, correct. All right, perfect. Uh, wins are what counts, and we're 4-0, and hashtag Tuck coming. But was this a trap game before a lesser Western Kentucky, or do we need to lower our expectations, or both? I think this is a different version of it, maybe a uh, same question. I don't think it was a trap. I think yeah. it was a fat and sassy, if anything. Yeah, yep. Uh, I don't think uh, maybe lower those expectations if, if they were hyperinflated after last week. Uh, I think, I think this team is demonstrating that it is more than, than pulling away from a Miami team. It it is also going to stick in games. It's not going to lose its resolve. It has the ability to win a close game. Uh, if you had, uh, some hyperinflated sense of the team, then maybe, yeah check that curb that expectation a little bit but uh i think this was a huge win that that can't be understated and uh you need to uh i don't know greg is sharing in the group chat now 12 and 0 is the ceiling mm-hmm. 11 and 1 is the floor yep. yes that's it Verbatim. well done well said uh next up pretend sparty i feel like they're uh, a good team but not maybe as good as we all want them to be like the more wins, the higher the expectations that will still ultimately break our hearts when they finish with eight wins. There's no heartbreak with eight wins. I'm sorry, pretend Sparty, but stop pretending. This is just had it as at four and a half. Yeah. You, eight wins. You should be thrilled a year to come on. Team. That is fantastic. And as was just pointed out, the wins are what counts. We're four and zero. I I just can't see us losing every single game that we have left. So I do get coming away from that Miami game thinking, wait, do we got a real th- we got a real squad over here? I felt and- definitely more confident after Miami that I was again back to that humbling was very much the reality gut check by. The thing is, when Thorne has an off day, we're gonna pay for it if 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 the if the if our opponent has figured out how to staunch our run game. That's just going to be what it is. And Thorne is going to have bad games. So I don't know. You know, that's where it comes down to special teams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's next? 
Uh, Disrespected Shardy asked, did anyone get an official count on Nebraska fans in attendance? Uh, yes, I met with each one individually. We had uh, performance plans for every one of them. We talked nice. about what nice. their expectations were for the game. We talked about um, the experiences that we that we expected them to have. Uh, there were four. Four. There were four. Four. Um... No, they. I mean, I've seen way more Nebraska fans in Spartan Stadium than there were on Saturday night. So, uh, not that bad. Uh, but still they made their presence known, like I said earlier, a couple of times. So good for them. It Rutgers, doesn't bother me when the team that I care about wins. Rutgers outrushed good. Michigan. No way. They had more total yards. That's amazing. All right. Uh, okay. next, up. next up, speaking of Michigan, Nick Kamansky, uh, who asks, uh, plum, where is tuck coming from? Is it a long journey? It, it, it is. It, and it has been. And it may yet continue to be as long as folks keep saying it. I think it's going to be a journey that he might he might tire of sooner rather than later. But for now, it's working. So keep coming, buddy. He's keep coming. coming. Nick adds to this. Uh, have you ever read the book Tuck Everlasting? Was it written by a Spartan fan? Yes, we know Tuck Everlasting. This is the family that has a I can't uh, read a horse drawn wagon as it were who travel from town to town because they have drunk of the well uh, which means they will never die and so um they have to make I always thought this was I mean you read this when you were a kid and I always remember thinking like what a horrible lonely life that would be you know to never have the same friends or to like go back to a city after 70 years and the kids you were friends with or all grown up do you think they would look at you and remember you it's lonely when you're on top (sighs) hilltoppers yeah plum again speaking of uh, speaking of performance reviews i mean we have to talk about this what is the name of the podcast plum what is it okay well command no no no, say it say it out loud say it out loud it's a it's a it's a good you both read the book i did not I most certainly did not read. I can't book. read. And there continues to be a reason that your face is not on the podcast. Yeah, logo. That's fair. <laughs> Listener guest, Alex Plum, put him, <laughs> let's put him on mute. Next up. Why do you think Nebraska wanted to spend more than the typical amount of time in the woodshed last evening? Were they chopping wood to stock up for those cold Nebraska winners? So Greg, I'm going to go ahead and put you on mute because you decided to end the entire Twitter question segment with a Wolverine. Oh, that's, I can't be bothered to, you know, actually put thought into these things, Mm, move them around. Uh, Here's what I'll say. Nick, once you get a little taste of the woodshed, man, once you get a little nip. Oh, oh. And here's how we ended on an up note. There were 30 plus recruits in in the stadium for that game. And by all accounts, uh, probably a really positive recruiting event. Yeah. Here, here. Indeed. Most. Most. Most positive. All right. Woodshed. Dragon to the deep. Double. What was he? he, Plum, what did he say in his press conference? It was like a double mouthpiece game. Yes. 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 He's got something for everything, this guy. Yep. He is a walking quote. Uh, Anyway, it's. I'm happy this game happened the way it did. It, it, It brought me back down a bit. And I think that's good. Uh, but we all should be very happy we're at 4-0, yes? Yes. Uh, Most. 
and uh, looking forward to a homecoming game that I'm inexplicably terrified about. So, with that, gentlemen, a hearty and rousing go green. Go white. Go white, gentlemen. <laughs>